month. I'm pretty excited. We're starting this new series. I'm, I'm calling it simply Foundations. Foundations. It's the idea that you're going back to the basics. Because I think we all do this. I do this. You do this. We complicate what it means to follow God, right? We complicate what it means to walk with Jesus. You almost become convinced there's like 1,100, 1,200 steps to being a Christian. And I just want to put the pause button on that, take a step back, strip it down a little bit, and look at those foundations of our faith. This isn't an exhaustive list, by the way, but it's just more like if you're confused at all about like what it's all about, I, I want to take this series and just talk through a few specific areas that I believe are important to your faith. Now, before I get into this topic, we got to do the life spring thing right at the beginning. We got to understand that all of this, like before I even go into today's message, before I go into today's topic, we need to understand this, that this is all about Jesus. Amen. It's about Jesus. It's for Jesus. The Apostle Paul says it this way. He goes, if you're a follower of Jesus, you live in such a way where Christ is all and Christ is in all. Remember, LifeSpring, in Jesus, you have the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, dead things come back to life. In Jesus, as Ezekiel 36, 26 tells you, you had a heart of stone, but it's now a heart of flesh. In Jesus, because of Jesus, you now have this vibrant, life-giving, Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. In Jesus, you have eternal life. In Jesus, your very words, your actions, your choices, your decisions. They're all being transformed and changed to become more like Jesus because of Jesus. Again, it is Jesus in you and through you. It is Jesus who has made you born again. It is Jesus who has told you that the old is gone and the new has come. And in Jesus, church, all our eggs are in one basket and his name is Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to focus on during the foundation series is Jesus. We want to help you because sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get spiritual amnesia. Sometimes you forget what it's all about. But we want to remind you it's all about Jesus. Where it is Jesus and it's through Jesus and it's for Jesus. Now let's get to today's topic. The Bible. Anybody got one of these? You got a Bible? They're pretty fun. Exciting. A really big some of your Bibles are really big, but a lot of words in the Bible. Anyone have a Bible? If you don't have a Bible, I want to buy you a Bible. Tell me. We'll get you the good one. We'll, you need a study Bible? We'll get you a study Bible. You want your name on it? I'm going to put your name on it. Whatever you need. I, you know how much we care about you having a Bible? And by the way, it's not going to cost you anything. We're going to buy it for you. Get a Bible. Get a Bible. Get a Bible. It's so good. If you don't want to read a Bible, you're like, man, I haven't read since like 1998. Well, then get your smartphone. On the smartphone, there's a thing called the Bible app. The version Bible app. Download the Bible app. It's so cool. We do the Bible in one year. We've been doing this for years now. But we do the Bible in one year. I think we got like 65 of you signed up for that or something like that. But you go to today's reading and you read with everybody else. And it's pretty awesome. I want to encourage you. If you sign up today, you don't have to start at the very beginning. Just come in wherever we are. And by the way, you also don't have to read every day. If you miss a couple of days, it's okay. I'm not even taking attendance. Just read that day wherever we are. Read that day. Ring along. I, read along. I just tell you, church, I truly believe this. In my gut, I believe that life is better together. But I also believe that reading the Bible is better together. Now, if you want to sign up, we do have to send you an invite. So just reach out to us. Connect with us. Let us know. You can even use on your bulletin. There's a QR code. Go to that QR code. Fill out the connection form. Say, I want to read the Bible. And we will send you an invite. And we'll do this together. Because I love the Bible. I read it every day. And again, I don't read it just because I'm a pastor, but I read it because I need it. 
Now, that's a cool T-shirt. If you want to make me a T-shirt, make that one. I read it because I need it. Right? Anybody else? Does anyone else agree? I read it because I need it. You might want to write that down. I read it because I need it. I can't imagine going through this crazy life without it. The Bible has been such a lifeline through my, uh, for me throughout the years. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The Bible has seen me through it all. Now, I have noticed as I've grown up, my approaches to the Bible have changed as I have matured in the faith. When I was younger, I think probably when I was like 9, 10 years old, my approach went something like this. I was growing up in the church. I'm sitting in this really cool Presbyterian church. We had pews. That's right, pews. And sometimes, I mean, the pastor was an amazing guy. He loved Jesus. But when you're 9, 10 years old, there's times when the message feels a little bit long or a little bit boring. So they had the Bibles in the pews. Anybody else do this? So you grab the Bible. You're like, okay, I'm 9, 10 years old. I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. Well, what should I read? So you go to the very beginning of the table of contents, and you're like, man, what, who, and why, and oh, Joel, Joel, I have a brother-in-law named Joel. This is going to be great. So you open up the Joel, and you're like, okay, what the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. Okay, locusts. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Locusts. Okay, let's try it again. Oh, wait. Oh, did you know, did you know, there's a Daniel in the Bible. My name is Daniel. This is going to be, okay, Daniel, this is going to be awesome. Daniel, Daniel. Okay, in my vision, I, I saw a fourth beast. Yeah, that's cool, beast. All right, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. Yeah, it crushed and, I remember, I'm like 10 years old. It crushed and devoured its victims. It trampled underfoot what was left. It had 10 horns. Awesome. And I have no idea what that means. Here's another approach I took when I was in high school. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And now. I'm not even going to read it to you. (laughs) Have you done that one before? Right? Now, I'll be honest, the Lord would always speak to me through both of those approaches. I I think God loves us so much. He loves us. And when we engage with his word, he's always willing to speak to us. But I also say neither one of those approaches were very sustaining because eventually I'd stop reading again because I didn't understand what it was saying. It was kind of confusing. And so I'd give up. But then I went to college. My college years, I was on fire for Jesus. You guys know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 18. Just on fire for Jesus. I went to the University of Wyoming, and I I loved church. I mean, I loved church. I served at church. I was a part of a Baptist church plant. And one of the cool things about the Baptists is they love the Bible. Does anyone uh, know any Baptist friends? They love the Word of God. And so the pastor was always telling us, like, to be a good Christian. like Or as a Christian, Christians love reading the Bible. And so I'm a Christian, and I want to be like a good Christian. So I'm like, I'm just going to commit to reading the Bible. So I'd wake up in the morning. And I went and read the Bible. But that's okay. Like, I, I want to be a good Christian. I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. And so uh, now it's afternoon. I'm going to read the Bible. Okay, that's okay. I didn't read the Bible in the afternoon, but the evening's coming. And the evening's coming. I'm going to read the Bible. Okay, I'm going to read it in the morning. And so then you wake up in the morning. Oh, I'm going to read the Bible because I know I want to be a good Christian. And the pastor says to be a good Christian, you've got to read the Bible. So I'm going to read the Bible. Didn't read it again. Didn't read it again. Didn't read it again. Didn't read it again. Again and again and again. So eventually, I'm a college student. I'm like, man, I am a terrible Christian. I can't read the Bible. I can't do this thing. If I can't read the Bible, then maybe I can't even do this Christian thing. If I can't get myself to read the Bible, how could I ever follow Jesus? So I'm done. Have you ever done that before? Right? Bible reading, it can become this very heavy, judgmental, condemning 
obligation, kind of a task that you're just going to be really bad at doing <laughs> that makes you feel like you're a terrible Christian and you get up. Kind of went through that phase in college, but I kept going in my faith, kept on growing uh, in the Lord. And then as a young adult, now I'm working at a church as a pastor. I'm 24, 25 years old. I, be, I began to do something else with the Bible. And, and this is what I would do. I, I assume that you've done this before as well. You, you'd read that one verse and you'd get really excited about that one verse. You ever done that before, right? You're reading that one verse. You forget all the other verses because I read this verse and this verse is all, all the only verse that I need. Like, I'm just so excited. Have you heard this verse? And then you just start quoting that verse and spewing out that verse and posting that verse without any context, by the way. No historical context, no literary context, none of that kind of stuff. You're just like, I really like this verse. And I am living my life on this verse. This is my life verse. You see people do this all the time. Well, you know, I heard Jesus say in Matthew 5 that if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. He said that like it's in the Bible. He said it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. So that approach can get pretty arrogant, pretty pushy, where you decide, so one, I'm living this way, but two, everyone else around me has to live this way as well. And so, yeah, you got to start cutting off body parts so you don't go to hell. Now, that's an extreme example. Right? We don't really see a lot of that going on. But you do see it happening at a smaller and subtler level, don't you? People do this all the time with the Bible. They find one verse, pull it out of context, and make a whole doctrine out of it. I've been there. I've done that. But life ring, we do not want to do that. We don't want to do that. And as much as we've all maybe tried these different approaches to reading the Bible as a church, we want to grow today. I want us to grow today, church, that we would mature in our Bible reading, that we would read the whole Bible, right, not just parts of it, the whole Bible, not in a way that brings confusion, not in a way that brings condemnation, not in a way that's boring or legalistic, but in a way that is life-giving, helpful, and useful. Because LifeSpring Church, the Bible is awesome. Do you believe that? The Bible is awesome. It is this sacred gift to be treasured. Second Timothy chapter 3 says it this way, all scripture is inspired by God. It is useful. Everyone say useful. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. The Bible, it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Bible is useful, church. Useful. Right now, today, in 2021, August 1st, the Bible is useful. It prepares you. It equips you to live the life that He has called and destined you to live. Now, today I could go a thousand different directions with my message. I've preached on the Bible before. I get all that. I'm just going to give us three points. Simply three reasons why I hope that you would fall in love with reading the Bible today. The first point is this, and if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Uh, It's very simple. The Bible offers us God's Word. The Bible offers us God's Word at the most simplistic level. The Bible offers us God's Word. Because don't you want to know what God has to say about all of this? Right? Anyone else curious? Any other curious minds? You guys know me. I can't get my mind to stop. I'm always thinking about, what is this? The older I get, the more I'm just wondering, what is it about? What's life about? What's existing about? Why am I here? What should I do while I'm here? How should I be living? How should I be acting? How should I be talking? What should I be eating? What on earth am I doing here? 
And then you want to turn to somebody, don't you? You want to go on YouTube like somebody tell me the answer. But then you start discovering that even the most trusted, the most respected individuals, like you, you realize that they're a lot messier than you ever realized, right? Like, whoa. And then you start to freak out because you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't even know where to go. I don't know whose word to trust. I don't know whose word to believe. And so then I'm like, where do I go? And I love the Bible. And the God's just saying, come here. Come back here. Yeah, come back here. Come to the Bible because you can turn to Scripture and you're going to see the unfailing, faithful, true, eternal Word of God, and His Word will speak life over you. And as you flip through those pages, I, I just love the Word, as you flip through the pages, and again, all of them, you, you get this window and this glimpse into who God is. You get to discover God's character. You get to discover God's nature. The more I read, the more I hear His voice. The more I hear His voice, the more I fall in love with Him. The more I fall in love with Him, the more I want to be close to Him. I want to obey Him, and I want to follow Him wherever He goes. The Bible gives me a glimpse into who God is. Now, it also gets us this terrifying glimpse of who we are, right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? As humans, I mean, it's awesome, but it's terrifying because humans have been making a mess of things for a really long time. That's what you discover in God's Word. You read about Adam and Eve. They take that forbidden fruit. They decide, we want to define what is good and bad instead of wholly trusting in God and surrendering to His definition of good and bad. And ever since that day, we've been screwing it up. Isaiah chapter 5 talks about it. I think he says it pretty well. He says, we call what is evil, good. And we call what is good, evil. He says, we're trading darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. He says, we're wise in our own eyes. Romans 1 goes on to tell us, claiming to be wise, we actually have become fools. We're in the beginning. We're created in the image of God. Hallelujah. To bear His image to the world, to shine His glory, to shine His wisdom through our lives. But instead, wanting to become like God, we became wise in our own eyes and we have become fools. We've screwed it up and it's a bit of a mess. In the Bible, you read the Bible, oh my goodness, just, have you read it? Like people killing people again and again and again. Killing brothers, killing sisters, killing children, having affairs, stealing, cheating, lying, 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 and lying, worshiping other gods, worshiping idols. You read the Old Testament, you see the God of Israel, Yahweh, right? He delivers His people out of Egypt, right? Out of slavery, out of Egypt. They're free. They're going into the promised land. He does so much for them. He's providing manna in the wilderness. He's even providing little quail for them to eat. And yet, how quickly do they turn to other gods worshiping idols? And as you read through the history of God's people, you see that sin just does a number on them. Sin every time destroys. Every time it leads to death. Sin, it just attacks, viciously attacks that relationship that they have with God. It causes spiritual death. It causes physical death. But then you keep reading. you got to keep reading. Please don't stop there. you got to keep reading because even though we did our best to make a mess of it, God, oh, God shines bright in the Bible because He's faithful through it all. His love remains through it all. His perfect mercy and justice shines through it all. And His salvation is evident through it all. And then you keep reading and it says, out of God's great love for us, He sent His Son Jesus to die for us. He sent His Son and when we as humans saw his son, we didn't say, oh, well, maybe we should stop doing what we're doing and see what he has to say. 
as the Son of God, as the Messiah. I mean, this guy is special. I mean, a few people do that. But instead, we know the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, so many in power and, and so many of the rulers, they, 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 the ones who were supposed to be closest to God, the ones who were supposed to walk closest to God, when they saw his son, when they heard Jesus, they didn't say, oh, teach us more. They said, no, we got to get rid of this guy. We have to kill him. And we know that they had Jesus executed and yet you keep on reading the bible and you discover that god actually knew it was going to happen it was his plan he willingly sent his son to die on the cross jesus even himself willingly went to the cross to lay down his life for us the bible tells us that because of his life his death but also his glorious resurrection we now have a new way to be human a better way to be human a chance for a new vibrant full life with god and then god's word becomes so powerful because you keep on reading the new testament and now this is where it really begins to apply to my life because you begin to see messy humans in the new testament who come to jesus who turn to jesus believe in jesus surrender to jesus give their lives to jesus they stop trying to define what is good and bad but instead they go you know what actually i need some help and jesus is like about time and so he comes in and he helps and they say you know jesus here's the deal would you define my life come on jesus like i thought i wanted to be in control but i'm making a mess of it so jesus would you be in control Jesus, would you give me a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit? And as you read the Bible, these incredibly powerful accounts of pretty normal, everyday men and women who are now radically changed by the power of Jesus in their life, and they end up living good, fruitful, abundant lives in Jesus, where Christ is all and Christ is in all. And it doesn't mean their lives are easy. It doesn't mean they didn't go through anything hard. It doesn't mean that they had people surrounding them that hated them. But it did mean that they now lived new, born again, fresh, free, abundant, joy-filled lives, jam-packed full of meaning and purpose for God and hallelujah with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his word. Praise the Lord for his word. Praise the Lord for his word. Right now, whatever you're going through, praise the Lord that you can run to the word of God. Think of it this way. As human beings, you might not like to admit this, but you are easily influenced. We like to think that we're not, but we are. There's a reason why some people are making so much money. And you know what their job title is? Social media influencer. We're influenced. As humans, we're easily influenced. So now that we're all depressed about that, here's what I'd say. If that's true, then let's set ourselves up to be influenced by Jesus. Right? If that's true, then let's be wise, church. I'm so proud of you for being here this morning. One of the best decisions you can make for your week. Put yourself in environments like this. It will change your life. Sign up for a life group, a small group. We're going to kick them off again in the fall. Sign up. Doing life together with other believers, it will change your life. I promise you, it will influence your life in the best of ways. And also read the Bible. Read the Bible. Because when you read the Bible every day, and not again because you're trying to get an A in the class, not because you're trying to earn your way into God's love, favor, and acceptance. No, don't do that. But if you read it, read it every day. You realize, now I, I got a brain and I got a heart. <laughs> I got a brain and a heart that are greatly influenced by the choices I make, by the people I surround myself with, by the things that I'm watching and reading. 
So I want to place my brain, I want to place my heart, in fact, I want to place my whole body close to God. I want to place my brain and my heart close to the people of God. And I want to position my brain and my heart close to the Word of God. Close to the Word of God so God can influence my thoughts and my emotions. Does anyone else want some help with your thoughts and your emotions? I'm going to place myself close to the Word of God to help my thoughts and my emotions. I'm going to position my life where I'm going to allow the Bible, the Word of God, to be close to me. Romans 12, 2. You guys have heard it before. Let's say it together. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. The Bible offers us God's Word. The Bible offers us God's comfort. The Bible offers us God's comfort. A big part of my job is simply to listen to your stories, to sit with you and to listen. And man, you are going through so much, just horrific, terrible, awful things. And I realize that some of the pain, some, some of the pain that is, is in your life is because of things that you've done, choices you've made. Now, some of that pain is because of things that others have done towards you or, or to you. But I'd say either way, right, either way, however you got where you got, the reality is those things have wounded you. They, they hurt. There's a brokenness to it all. There's a pain to it all. And praise the Lord, because of the godly environment that I grew up in, one thing I learned at a very safe age was that the Lord was a safe place for me. I could bring all my struggles, my hurts, my brokenness, my pain, I could bring it all to the Lord. And I, and I knew in that environment, even as a young child, that the Word of God would help me get through whatever I was facing. But some of you never had that encouragement. You never had that mom or dad or brother or sister who would come close to you and, and bring a word from the Bible and help you in your time of need. And so maybe running to the Bible isn't your go-to response. But if you're struggling, I just want to encourage you. I'm so happy you're here. Like, praise the Lord that you're here. I'm so proud of you for being here. But I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, the Bible, the Word of God, it will bring comfort to you today. In the book of Psalms, it tells us that God is our refuge, that He's our strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Do you believe that? That's what the Word of God tells us. Is Bobby right here? Bobby right here. Uh, her husband, uh, who passed away a few years ago, Ray Wright, he loved the Bible. In fact, I got his Bible, which was amazing. One of the things that she gifted me was his Bible, and He's got all of the underlines and the highlights. But his favorite passages in the Bible were John 14, 15, and 16. Chapters 14, 15, and 16. He just loved these verses. Let these verses comfort you today. In, in John 14, verse 16, this is Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples. He says, hey, disciples, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. It's pretty encouraging, isn't it? That Jesus, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. What? To help you and to be with you forever. Same portion of Scripture. Later on in that same chapter, Jesus says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Keep that one up on the screen. That, that verse is so comforting to me because, again, Jesus, because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in me. He's working through me, but he's also there to help me, to teach me, to guide me, but also, praise the Lord, to remind me of everything that Jesus has said. I'm 40. I don't remember everything, but yet, praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit is inside of me helping remind me of what Jesus 
has said. So whatever, I mean, when I don't know what to do, I can turn to Jesus and he's going to help me. When I don't know what to say, I can turn to Jesus and he's going to help me. Whenever I'm freaking out and sometimes I'm freaking out, I can come to Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit and I know that he will teach me what to do or what to say. One of my favorite passages, I still can picture my mom telling me this passage when I would be really struggling or if I was filled with anxiety or if I was crying or afraid. She would read from me Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Some of you probably need this comfort today. This is Jesus. He says, come to me. He says, come to me. Again, I don't know what you're going through today, but Jesus, he says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon uh, you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It just speaks to my heart today. And I need the Bible to speak to my heart. Right? right? We need it to be more than a, just a history book or some ancient story. Like we need it to be the living Word of God. Because sometimes it all feels like too much. You ever been there before where it all feels like it's just a little bit too much? Where the bills are too much, the conflict seems too much, the physical ailment, sickness, disease, it feels like too much, the events of the world all around you, it just feels like too much. And yet we run to the Word of God that tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, listen, you do not lose heart. Yeah, it feels like too much, but you're not going to lose heart because though outwardly you're wasting away, yet inwardly, come on, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes. Come on, life spring. Not on what is seen, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen, it's temporary, but what is seen or unseen is eternal. That's so good. Again, I don't know what you're going through today. But I find my greatest comfort in the Word of God. You know where it gets really exciting? Is I read the Word of God. And it tells me that Jesus is coming back. It's hilarious to me how much churches don't talk about that. You could be in a church for years and never hear. That is, wow, right? Like that's the, that, that's the endurance, the perseverance, all of it. Like it's worth it because guess who's coming back? Listen to this. End of the book. Revelation. Look, I am coming soon. These are the words of Jesus, church. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the first. I am the last. I am the beginning, and I am the end. And later, at the end of that chapter, John simply says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. It's encouraging, isn't it, to hear those words? Anybody else getting goosebumps? Even as I said that out loud, the incur- it's all worth it because Jesus is coming back. So the Bible offers us comfort. And then number three, and I'll close with this, the Bible offers us life. Same chapter of the book of Revelation. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. You're thirsty. Drink from the well that brings eternal life. A month ago, I showed us a video on the tree of life. Today, I want to show us a video on the water of life. As you watch this video, I want you to pay attention. I want you to see how just again and again and again, this video shows us these powerful 
passages of Scripture. We're going to watch this video, and then I'll come up and we'll close us. If you go out into a desert, you'll see why it's one of the most deadly, uninhabitable places on the planet. It's dry, and where there's no water, there's no life. This is the picture that we get on page 2 of Genesis. The story begins with a dry and desolate wilderness. But God provides a spring in the desert that becomes a source of life for plants and animals. And that's where God brings together a man and a woman so that humanity can flourish and spread the life of the garden. Exactly. And that garden spring becomes a river that flows out to water the entire world. And there can be enough for everyone. It's all a gift from God. And this is great. Humans in a lush garden. But as it turns out, they find a way to ruin it. Right. Despite all of this water that God's provided, it's like they still have a drought deep inside of them. This is an image of the human condition, how we're always thirsty for more. But more of what? Well, in this story, the humans want more wisdom to create more security and more control on their own terms. And tragically, it only leaves them more thirsty and suspicious of each other. And so they end up back in the wilderness. The humans have lost access to the water of life. And because of that, they can't spread God's life into the world. And so God needs to rescue them from the wilderness. Yeah, like in the story of Jacob. His selfish scheming ruined his family relationships, so he has to run from his problems out into the wilderness. But there, he finds a well, and he meets a woman. And this is like Eden, a man and a woman together by a source of water. Right. And then through Jacob, God creates the family of Israel. And he invites them to share in his own life so that they can be his partners in spreading that life to others. And sometimes they do this. But ultimately, they struggle with the same drought of the soul, thirsting for more power and more control. And it leads them down a path of violence and self-ruin. And so they find themselves in a new wilderness, captive to other nations. All this effort to quench our own thirst on our own terms, it's killing us. Yeah, the biblical prophet Ezekiel described Israel in exile as a pile of dry bones, scattered in a desert valley. But, he said, one day God will pour out his own life presence, his spirit, to water the land, to create a new Eden and new kinds of humans. People who can spread God's life to others. Exactly. And so this brings us to the story of Jesus. Right. And there's a story about Jesus who goes to a well that Jacob used to own. And just like in Jacob's story, Jesus meets a woman. And he tells this woman that no matter how much water she drinks from this well, she'll always thirst for more. Then he offers water that could quench her thirst forever. He's not talking about the well water. No. What he's talking about is God's own life that comes through him to us to satisfy our deepest thirsts. This is why later on Jesus says, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. This is cool, but it's also a strange image, drinking from a person. Totally. And it's connected to another strange image we find in the story of Jesus' death on the cross. A Roman soldier thrusts a spear in Jesus' side, and there's blood. But also, all this water flows out. Yes, it's an image showing how Jesus' death is the fountain of life. From him, God's own love that would die for his enemies flows down and out into the world. After Jesus was raised from the dead, we're told that he sends the Spirit into his followers. Yes, to fill them up with God's own life. 
This is why the Apostle Paul said that when we join the current of God's Spirit, the fruit of Eden starts growing in us. Love and joy, patience and kindness, gentleness and self-control. People like that can create beautiful things in the world that bring life to others. Yes, like little streams of God's life that can come together and point forward to the beautiful scene that we find on the last page of the Bible. There's a new river of life. Yes, it's flowing out from God and into a renewed creation, bringing life to all wherever it goes. That video is amazing. I think it just shows once again that the Bible is full of Jesus. The Bible is full of life. The Bible is full of Jesus and the life that Jesus offers. It's amazing to me. And I, I don't know where you're at with the Lord today. I mean, I never want to assume. I don't know if you've put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, or maybe you're still trying to figure out what all this means. But God's Word is so clear. It tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Him. Jesus is life. Christ is all. Christ is in all. And Jesus wants you to have life. In fact, He came that you might have life and have it to the full. The Bible tells us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. You can be restored from death and brought into the life. I love that video. See, you don't have to allow past choices to define you. You don't have to uh, allow those past decisions to define you. You don't have to pay for all those mistakes, all those failures. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus paid it all. You can be forgiven of every sin. You can be set free from every sin. You can be washed clean, free in Jesus. Whom the Son sets free, the Bible says, is what? Free indeed. All you have to say is yes to the life that Jesus offers you today. Would you be brave enough to say yes to Jesus today? Would you be courageous enough to say yes to Jesus today? Some of you, it's for the very first time. Others of you, maybe it's a recommitment. But but just from the very gut, right from the depths of your heart, would you begin to just speak to Jesus From your heart, speak to Jesus. Tell him, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I've drunk from so many wells that brought death and destruction, but I'm ready to drink from you. I'm ready to drink living water so I can truly live the life that you called me to live. Would you do that? Say yes to Jesus today. And I want to pray for us. Before I do, I want to also challenge us, LifeSpring. The Word, the, the Bible, again and again, tells us that God wants you to have that abundant, full, eternal life that's found in Jesus. But He also wants you, and that video does such a good example, a, a good job of describing this. The Bible also wants you to be an example to others of that life. You're, you're to be a witness of what it looks like to live the abundant life in Jesus. Because there's people around you. You know it, right? You got family, you got friends, you got neighbors, you got coworkers, you got people around you that are hurting. They're struggling. They're broken. They're just in so much pain and they're wondering, what is it all about? And you've seen the destructive things that they've turned to as the answer. And you know none of those things are the answer. 
And yet you see that, and it's hard. You just, they turn to YouTube. They turn to all those different things. And I'm just praying today. My heart, this, even this week, was just that life spring. You would shine so brightly that those around you would just begin to see the life that you have in Jesus. And I'm praying for you. I, this, is what, this was my prayer this week. Was that every one of you today, that this week, people around you would see you, not even tomorrow, but today, today, when you get home, when you are on the way home, when you get to Ranchitos and eat lunch, or when you go, wherever you're going, when you get onto your social media, wherever you're going, that the people around you would say, whoa, what has happened to Frank? And you'll be able to tell them, Jesus happened to Frank. Jesus, Jesus. Because I get it. There's a lot of things in this world that have brought or tried to bring death. A lot of things in this world that have tried to just separate and tear down and break apart. And yet Jesus came that you might have life. 2021 is a year of life. 2021 is a year of life. May those around you see the life that you have in Jesus. So let's pray. Lord Jesus... I'm praying right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you'd come in a life-giving way, in a way that would just begin to, 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 to overflow in this room. Lord, you say that out of our bellies, rivers of living water will begin to rush. That's your Holy Spirit living inside of us. And yet some of us, we know, maybe we don't got anything, but if we got something, it feels like more of a trickle or a stream. And I just pray that the dam would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And that rushing waters, rushing waters of living water will begin to flow in us today, Lord. That you have called us to live an abundant life in you, Jesus. It is not some life where we're just surviving, but it is a life of overflow where we are thriving in you. And I pray that for each person here, but I also pray that for their lost family, Lord. For their family members who don't know you. For their co-workers who don't know you. For their friends on Facebook that who don't know you. For the neighbors and the people in the checkout line at Safeway that don't know you. That they would begin to see life in the people of Lifespring. They would see abundant life in the people that are here this morning. And they'd say, what is going on in your life? I want what you have. So even now, Lord, I know for me, my heart is so open to you and your word. My heart is so open because every time I've tried to live without you, every time I've made a mess of it, every time it's led to death and destruction. But with you and in you and through you, my life is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Because you are good all the time. It's so good because death was defeated. And you rose victorious from the grave. My life is so good because no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, I have the promise that you're coming back. You're coming back. You're coming back. So Lord, I just pray for my Myself, but also everyone here, Lord, that you would just begin to comfort us, to heal us, to mend us, to restore us. Lord, those places of brokenness and pain, you would just begin to speak your healing presence over those places right now. That in this moment of prayer, Lord, this would be a safe place for us to bring all of us, all of who we are, into your presence. 
that we would surrender and yield and let go and say, God, I want all that you would have for me. I want all that you'd have for me, Lord. Everything, God. Everything, God. I'm ready to go to the well of living water. Just as we continue to pray, I don't do this every week, but I just feel like I just want to give this opportunity. If there's anyone here that has never said yes to Jesus, you've never put your life into the hands of Jesus, and you just know that without Him, you're dying. And you feel it. You feel it in your heart. You feel it in your mind. You feel it in your body. If, and if that's you, and you want to say yes to Jesus and receive the life, the eternal life that He gives, if that's you, and again, I'm just going to, if we can do this church where you're not looking around just with our eyes closed and heads bowed, but if that's you, if you want that life today, that Jesus offers, would you raise your hand so I know and I can celebrate with you and, and I can pray with you? If there's anyone here, amen. Yes, absolutely. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Again, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So church, would you just repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I put my life in your hands. I believe you came to live, to die, and to raise again. And as you have new life, I now have new life in you. I repent of my sins. I turn to walk with you. I receive your life, your eternal life, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we just celebrate and applaud what God is doing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.